Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 <laughs> words of One Controller Report Podcast. Here I am, Benjamin Yoder, again, here to talk to you today about about video games. It's a good time. Video game time. I really need a, a better intro for these these shows or something to do <laughs> that's not just me saying, yeah, video games, those are something that um that exist. I'm aware of them. Sometimes. Um, yeah. Let's talk about them. Uh, where to start? So, like, uh, there's actually quite a bit I want to talk about this week. So, so um, bit some that's been going on. And there was the announcement of Gunfall Chronicles. I forget what the full name is. It's some side thing with Copen. Um, there's not a lot to say about it. They did show off a trailer, but it's it's really kind of like the Gunvolt 2 trailer where they showed off basically the same gameplay <laughs> as far as you can tell. Um, like in terms of the character having the same mechanics and same powers and stuff. So I'm a little a little eh at the moment on it. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, Gunvolt 2 eventually became something interesting on its own, but... But that initial reveal for Integrate Games, or for for specifically their Gunvolt games, is all or with Gunvolt Two, um, is light. They're like, here is the existence of it, and here's this. We're going to show you the same things that were in the last game. If if you put that footage in front of me and said this is Gunvolt Two, I would probably believe you, because <laughs> it's the uh, Copen who was introduced in Gunvolt Two. Well, as a playable character, was introduced in Gunvolt Two, um, and he, um, yeah, he he has an interesting playstyle since he can fly around the environment, where Gunvolt is pretty much a running character. Um, but because Gunvolt was in the first or in the second game as well. Uh, he didn't really get as much time as I would would have liked for him to to really explore the game itself. I mean, I think if you played the game enough, you eventually would get to the point where you could play all of Gunvolt levels with Copen. But having a game that's designed around his moveset, um, I think, is still something the value that I would want to check out. Um, because in Gunvolt Two, there's really only really only a handful of levels to, made for him. Um, and then, cause it's split up between him and, and Gumvolt. So yeah, I don't know. I, there's a, I have a potential to be excited for that, but, uh, I just got to see more. Um, and hopefully there's more pow- new powers. I think a lot of them were, were pretty much pulled straight out of Gumvolt too. I think there's one that I didn't recognize in that trailer, but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll see. It looks like they're just using the, uh, it's on switch this time. It looks like they're just using the, the engine. I would assume that they built for the, uh, the switch port of Gunvolt 2. Um, and then there's also from also from Inti Creates that um Bloodstained Cursed Curse of the Moon. There we go. That's the name I was gonna say Curses of the Moon. But <laughs> just a curse. Curse of the Moon, uh, which is just like a Castlevania 3 uh throwback game, which that's one of those <sighs> in the same way I feel about regular Bloodstain, they they draw so heavily on Castlevania 3. I, I look at it and just go like, man, just like, I get it. You want to you wanna th- do a throwback game to old Castlevania, but holy crap, do you really go for it in a way that's concerning? <laughs> like the two, so there's actually four playable characters because like in Castlevania 3, there's, I think there are four characters in Castlevania 3. Um, and then you, maybe it's just three? Let me think about that. Grant Dynasty. 
there's no Grant Dynasty equivalent in in this in this one. Anyways, um, so you have th- uh three or four-ish characters. Um, you have uh some samurai man. I don't know the names of all these characters. Miriam is the main character of Bloodstained. She's in there as well, and they're kind of from what they showed in the footage, they're kind of similar. Um, it looks like they're just kind of melee focused with sub weapon options. Uh, and then there's the last two, which is Sypha. Um, but it looks, I forget, it's some old man now, but it looks nearly identical to the mechanics of Sypha and Kathleen 3. And then there's Alucard. I say Alucard, but I don't know this guy's name either. Basically looks like Alucard and plays like Alucard from Castlevania 3 to an extreme extent. And it's just like, man, just like, it would have been nice if they could have like made a full set of new characters or characters that didn't look like they were freaking pulled straight out of Castlevania 3. <laughs> um, but I think the boss fights look good, which is always the thing I think with NT Creates is that they make really good boss fights. And old Castlevania boss fights, I would say, aren't particularly flashy. They're just very challenging um, given the environment of the boss fight or... Um, really the environment of the boss fight, but then also just like the player movement trying to evade and, and the player movement's about the same in this one, but the, the bosses have a lot of pretty elaborate patterns and like a lot of like screen filling kind of attacks, which I'm curious to see how that works in a slower environment because, um, typically I think the games that they've, they've done that kind of stuff in, um, have a faster play style, like with Gunvolt or Mighty Number no. 9 or something, something like that. So I'm interested, and that one comes out like this month, um, so I'll probably check that out, um, sooner rather than later. And on the bright side, like, there are a couple changes, like, the ability to, to summon all four characters at any point, rather than having to choose between which ones you go through the game with, because in Casting a 3, you can only do two characters at a time. Um, and there's also... Also, the fact that Castlevania 3 is an incredibly brutal game uh, in America America specifically because of the whole, like, trying to combat rental market. So they, they, like, made everything harder in that game. So so having an alternative to that is nice. Although I've never played Castlevania 3 to say... Even, or sorry, the Japanese version of Castlevania 3 to say if that, is, that would have been an alternative already. Um, but yeah, it, it looks good. It's just in the same way I feel about Bloodstained the core blood stain. It's just like, you look at it and a lot of these elements are pulled like in a way that is concerning of how, how directly they're pulled from, um, from Castlevania. Like you can pretty much line up all those enemies one-to-one with an enemy in Castlevania, uh, in this new curse of the moon. And also the previous cast or the previous blood stain demo from E3 2006. Now it's been a while. Since I played that, I didn't. I don't think I. I don't think there's a public demo for the more recent demo that came out last E3. Anyways, but um, I'm interested in both of those games. But it's just a matter of I need to see more. Um, Curse of the Moon. I will. I will definitely pick up and play if it's available. I actually don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, if you're a backer, you get access first and then it's sold later or something like that. So we'll see. Castlevania. Also, there's a new Yokai Watch rhythm game. I forgot to sit down and actually get the name of it. Let me see. I might have it right here. Um, mm, it's probably not happening. Hey, let's let's do a hot Google Translate real quick. I only have a Japanese page open. <laughs> uh, got Japanese page for this open. Ah, come on. This says Yokai Watch Gara Police. I don't know what that means. 
anyways, there's a rhythm game for Yokai Watch now. Um, that looks kind of cute. I never played Yokai Watch. I always wanted to play Yokai Watch, but uh, I don't think that will be happening anytime soon. Unfortunately, probably, maybe. Otherwise, I've just been playing some uh, more Dragon Quest Heroes too. That game is uh, still pretty good. I don't remember what I said about it last time, but uh. It's still, um, I don't think I have anything particularly new to say about it. I've definitely played one of the, or I, just today, I played through one of the more, um, I'm going to look at this picture real quick, sorry. I'm disrupting this podcast, look at this yokai watch picture. That's a weird looking like bunny devil chick and a hamburger that's going crazy. I'll link this image in the, <laughs> in the show notes so at least you can look at it and see what I'm looking at. Anyways, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, there's like a more traditional muso kind of, uh, uh, um, like big battle map kind of thing. You essentially have to go to certain points and like cut off a spawning circle for for monsters, and then support certain armies if you needed to. But honestly, I just went straight to the spawning circle and killed everything and didn't have to support anyone. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying that game still. There's a ton of characters in that game, so there's a lot of variety in terms of what kind of attacks there are for you to use, like and how each character plays. I've been using. Uh, Cesar, Terry, Cesar, which is like good for, for like a lot of forward attacks. It feels like for like wide attacks, where Terry is more, more individual enemy focused. So I've been using him for bosses. He can also like heal himself, which is kind of nice. Although I almost never have time to put that heal on Miracle Sword or whatever it's called. Um, and then I have like a priest as my main character, and then just kind of swap it in and out whoever in that other slot. Uh, although I did just recently completely like throw the party around but I'm like 12 hours in um I wouldn't say there's anything particularly new about it of interest other than just you know more stuff it's a pretty hefty game that's what I think it's most interesting I guess I, I guess that's what's like different from like a Dragon Quest Swords which previously previously had this structure it's a a complete game I think Dragon Quest Swords is like a 10 hour game so so it feels hefty and I'm only like one third the way through it I think or maybe a halfway and um and I'm curious to see where it goes and if it's going to ever, if it's going to slow down in a way that doesn't feel kind of, uh, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Cause basically like the, there's a world map that fills in as you play and it, it, it feels like I've been kind of rushed through the last handful of maps. So maybe it's just returning to those maps, um, to kind of complete the, complete the experience in that area. I don't know. Words. I'm saying words. Let's do a fortune cookie. Gonna pull a random game out of my backlog. This is what the fortune cookie does. And talk about it. Like Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast. I think I, I don't think I have Sonic Adventure on GameCube, actually. I think I have a demo for Sonic Adventure on GameCube. And the one thing I remember about that demo is that you <laughs> there's a bug where like if you hold forward on Sonic with Sonic while he's going through a loop to loop, he falls through the wall, which is dumb because it's like you're playing Sonic the Hedgehog, a 3D Sonic the Hedgehog, and you're on a part where it's like an auto-running kind of part. Why Why does holding forward break the game every, like consistently? I have to go back and check. Maybe it's not exactly forward, but I fell through that wall over and over and over again back when I used to play demos more than I should. Um, but you're a kid, you know? You just do what you do. Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast. Uh, I, this, is, this might be my first Sonic game? Question mark? Um, I actually liked it quite a bit, and I, I, I recently revisited, well, I shouldn't say recently, it's been probably a good five years, but I, I consistently revisited this game over the, um, 
over the course of my time gaming. And I think the re- a big reason why is during like the um, GameCube era and stuff like that. Uh, I would typically pack up systems to to um, go travel between parents' house because divorces. Whoo! Um, I said that like it mattered, but like I didn't give a shit that my parents divorced. I'm sorry, <laughs> but anyways, I went between these two like places, two places, two homes, I guess. And so typically, what would happen is I'd leave my Dreamcast at my mom's place. And so whenever I had packed everything up to go to my dad's house for the weekend, I would just play my Dreamcast for a while because it's the last thing that was left hooked up, left hooked up at the time. I'd play a lot of Sonic Adventure. Anyways, I don't remember where I was going with that story, but Sonic Adventure is kind of neat because it's just a ton of variety in that game, and in a way that I don't think you see a lot of games try to do these days. That's kind of why I liked what I liked about Mario Odyssey is that it did try to do like a bunch of variety. Um, it's, it's just like here, here's five adventures with five, uh, like, I think it's five, five characters that all play pretty differently. Like nobody quite plays like Sonic except for maybe Tails, maybe Sonic and Tails are probably the closest in similarities. Um, but then you have like a guy who, who has like a lock on gun that shoots people. And then you have Amy who has that like hammer and she's pretty slow, but she has like more, more kind of puzzle exploration kind of, uh, uh, level she goes through. It's 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 nice that there's so much variety. And then there's Big the Cat who does the fishing thing. Everybody knows Big the Cat. I don't really talk about Big the Cat. Um, and I felt like that was something that didn't feel as fleshed out in Sonic Adventure Two. Um, maybe it's because they kind of boiled it down to say, here's the part where you're running, here's the part where you're shooting, and here's the part where you're, um, what was it? You're searching for stuff, you know, looking around. Um, and those are kind of the core facets of what Sonic Adventure is. But, like, having those, those like, individual stories for each character and each character kind of explore each environment on their own, um, I think was was interesting and fun. Where I think Sonic Adventure 2, like... So, like, so I guess the best, maybe the best way to put it is, like, um, a, you'd have all five characters going to a single area for a reason. And that area would... You, it would be similar every time. There'd, all, there'd be different things set up specifically for that character, um, like a different instance of that area set up specifically for that character. But each character um, would have to go to this area for the most part, and they would have to be able to traverse that area in their own way. So it's more of a like a general level design that went on, where Sonic Adventure Two was very much in mind of you're going to play the hero side of this story with um, Sonic. And then the shadow side of this, or the dark side of the story with Shadow, and kind of get put in these two same environments that are Sonic and Shadow play pretty much the same. And so they kind of like <laughs> they 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 had levels that are more built towards what exactly was um what was um the 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 strengths of those characters, those two characters, which is good and bad. I feel like I feel like um, sometimes having more general game design really kind of de-emphasizes uh, each individual character's traits. You know, if you if you don't really have a a a known way that a character is going to go up on a cliff, you're more likely to say, okay, let's just make a platform that helps everyone jump on this cliff to get up rather than making some very specific scenario for a character that might be more interesting. Like, you know, using like a Sonic ring, ring boot kind of thing. I forget what it was called light dash or something like that, where you'd chase, you know, the light or the, the rings that are in a line. Um, you wouldn't be able to do that because nobody else can do that. You have to have something down there for everyone to jump up on and get up there. 
Um, or if they did do it, it would have to be a specific instance of that stage that they modified. Um, and so with Sonic Adventure 2, you could kind of have that stuff, have these um, these levels built towards a specific character type that you could kind of reuse between two different characters. Um, but yeah, I kind of like just that general level design a bit. I think it feels it feels a bit more open in a way. that I feel like a lot of... Um, video games were getting away from at the time. It felt like everything was getting kind of more constrained around like 2003-ish, 2002, 2003-ish. So having that more like, I don't really know what the best word to say, just like a, a, a more sandboxy kind of environment, maybe one where, where characters, you know, strengths may not be particularly highlighted, but it means that they can interact with the an environment in their own way. That's different from the other characters. Um, so you could kind of see see a new area in a different light every time you revisited it with another character. I think that was okay. I think I took a while to get there with that explanation, but um, but I think that that's probably what makes Sonic Adventure special to me in a lot of ways. Because um, you know, I will I will not be the first to tell you probably that Sonic Adventure hasn't aged very well, especially with like the growing idea of what a quality of a game should be like the level of polish a mechanic should have before it's considered, you know, acceptable to put in a game. I think that bar has raised significantly over the last, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years. I guess it's been almost, I guess it's been 20 years, I think, since Sonic Adventure came out. Um, but yeah, it's just, a, a, or I don't know, 1999 was that? Was it 98 or 99? I can't remember. I think I think Dreamcast came out in 1998 in Japan, but did not have Sonic Adventure launched with it. But yeah, I don't know. Words. Um, I'm saying them on a podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sonic Adventure. I have a soft spot for it. Uh, it might be my f- my the fondest 3D Sonic game I have. I think Sonic Colors is a game I prefer, though. If I had to sit down and say which one are you going to play, I'll probably, I'd probably play Sonic Colors before I played Sonic Adventure. So, yeah. Sega. I need to play more 3D Sonic games. I bought uh, Sonic Unleashed for the Xbox 360 for like $3. And then I also bought Shadow the Hedgehog for GameCube for like $15. So at some point I gotta sit down and play those. Um, but you know, <laughs> hey, video games. Spending time playing video games, that's a that's a thing. Speaking of things, keeping time away from me, sp- t- p- keeping keeping me away from playing video games uh i'm still building my my website but it's coming along i got there i'm getting there i'm getting there that's what i would say not i got there (laughs) um so it's it's coming along um i'm pretty happy with the structure of it so far i just have a lot of issues in terms of importing data from my blog did not go as smoothly as i was hoping so it's gonna take some time (laughs) to to fix that stuff i think so so i will get to that uh you know two videos coming along i know it's taking a long time i'm sorry <laughs> um probably about at about like five minutes out of i think probably around 12 to 15 minute video so so i'm getting there um and then uh we'll see where what, what goes with that we'll see where that goes i might try to coincide my video with the launch of my website basically um, that would be kind of nice to do. I feel like having like a, a good, th- a good piece of content to say like, Hey, I launched my new website. Here's this thing you should go to, I guess, even though it's going to be on YouTube anyways, and everyone's going to watch it on YouTube instead. The five people who are going to watch it out of the zero people who are going to listen to this podcast. Hey guys, it's funny. I like the idea that like, 
<laughs> there was a while where there's like a level of listenership for this podcast and now it's back to a hot zero and I'm like hell yeah I can say whatever I want nobody <laughs> nobody will know <laughs> so uh, yeah uh maybe at some point I'll 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 after this whole website launch thing happens uh, I will look to get the podcast in a more convenient way to consume um like an RSS feed or something like that <laughs> or or like uploading it to actual podcast places rather than just throwing it on youtube um but yeah that's gonna be it for this week thanks for listening um i will hopefully we'll figure out what's going on this week i don't i don't have any plans to publish anything this week except for maybe i might go ahead and publish um just a a notification that hey i finished up thousand arm thursdays which if you if you haven't been around thousand arm thursday done we beat it. It was a long journey. Thursday, this last Thursday was pretty, was a bit longer than I thought it would be. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just going to wipe out this boss fight in like 30 minutes. Uh, two and a half hours later, I'm still sitting there trying to beat this boss in like the most like grindy way possible. Like it's just a complete stalemate. Oh, it was, it was a bad stream probably, but we did it. We beat it. That's what, that's what, that's what, that's what, blah, 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 that's what matters. I can't talk today. Um, but yeah, uh, we're going to play some Star Fox, I think, um, this week, Star Fox for the Super Nintendo. So, um, maybe Star Fox 2 as well. I don't know how long Star Fox is. So I think we might do that for a while. Maybe just, maybe, hey, maybe we'll just sit down and play through a lot of Star Fox games over for a little while because those games are all pretty short. Um, but I do not own Star Fox Adventures, Star Fox... Zero. I do owe own command mission, but I'd have to like get it on the Wii U, and that's a longer game. I don't know. We'll see. We'll think about it. We'll see how tired of Star Fox I feel. But those games are short enough. I could probably marathon a good chunk of them at least. Hmm. I don't know. I'll think about it. That might be a fun little silly thing to do while I still try to figure out what I'm doing for Full Spectrum Warrior because uh, I'm in kind of a weird situation with that where my I don't know if you saw my Panzer Dragoon or to uh, stream thing, but, uh, that was having some Xbox 360 controller issues and I don't have another Xbox 360 controller. So, um, we'll see where we go with that. Cause I am having component cable issues with the original Xbox. So I can't just plug my original Xbox in. Um, and I don't have an Xbox one to play in hot 4k with that new re-release. So, um, a uh, quick side note about the stream stuff, you know, uh, one thing that I th- don't know if people are super aware of at the end of each stream I did like a 30 minute stream uh playing just something random on my backlog I might try to cut and repurpose those um in some way just to make them a bit easier to find um in case anybody's interested but uh yeah we'll see it shouldn't take a lot of work to do that but uh that might be something that just comes with the new site rather than uh trying to do anything to, to promote anything like that right now um, it might, I don't know if that's like a segment I should try to keep going or what. I enjoy it a lot, which is the big thing, but it's, it is a little, a little hard to bring any attention to it when it's like, go to the end of this two hour thousand arms video. Then I play, th- play 30 minutes of, <laughs> um, like, I don't know, uh, 1080 avalanche or something, you know? So yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to end this podcast. Thanks you guys for listening and I hope you have a great week.